All right, y'all. Uh, welcome to another edition of the Corner Store Podcast, the Quarantine Edition. I'm your host, Kevin Koval, and today we have an incredible uh, crew in the building. Um, and and y'all, correct me if I'm wrong, but the the, the founders of Unfriendly Black Hotties, uh, Bambi Banks and Chloe Park, are in the Corner Store. Welcome, y'all. Hi. Hi, how are you? We are two founders of the Upcoming Black Hotties. There's actually four of us, but, you know, because of quarantines, we've been separated, y'all. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been a struggle. But, you know, <laughs> we're holding it down. We've been keeping in tabs, you know, via call, you know, just trying to keep ourselves busy during this quarantine, trying to uh, keep the Hotties brand alive, you know? And so, so tell tell me for those that don't know, what is an unfriendly black hotties? An unfriendly black hottie is a drag performer, specifically, well, like in our standpoints, uh, unfriendly black hottie is just somebody who is unapologetic with their opinions and also very uh, strong on stage. We are very big on uh, helping girl, and like anybody can be an unfriendly black hottie as long as you know you're black. Uh, but, um, it's in the title. It's in the title. Yeah, you know, as long as you're black, you know, you can be a hottie. I mean, you can, anybody can be a hottie, but like, you know, as long as you're black, you can be a black hottie. Yeah. Um, and it's just basically just like a sisterhood of like strong, powerful black performers around the, the country now. Or, yeah, the country now. So um, we're based in Chicago, but um, we've had like special guests all out of town um, from New York and. Dallas and Miami, um, LA, whatever. And so now with the quarantine, we're for sure reaching out as far as we can, you know, since everything's online. Yeah, and you and you guys, uh, you, you've made that transition into the virtual space. Uh, we are definitely attempting to. <laughs> okay, so what? Yeah, so what is the plan? I mean, in the interim, you know, how are you all moving ahead? Um, well, currently we've all been, um, working on separate projects and being a part of, uh, separate shows. Uh, we just had a really big brainstorm today on what, uh, angle we want to take on Friendly Black Hotties. Um, we definitely are attempting to continue our show along with everyone else trying to, uh, continue their shows in this like new digital age of drag. Um, we're just trying to like put a new type of spin on it so that it uh, so that when we do release our content, it says hotties and not just like digital drag show. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I guess um, what what makes a hottie show a hottie show? Like, how, what, what's the flavor? The secret ingredients? Um, the I guess the style aesthetic of, that you guys uh, curate. And, and, and bring to people. I think the thing that makes the Unfriendly Black Hottie show different than all the rest is that, I mean, it's like it's like Bambi said before, when it comes to an Unfriendly Black Hottie, it's like the essence of being a bad bitch. Like, you walk in the room. Yes, you own the stage. And the performers that we invite to be a part of our show are definitely people who command stage presence when they're there. Like, they will keep you intrigued they will bring stunts they are just beautiful like it's always something new in terms of who we book and not just with them but within ourselves too so we're always finding ways to keep it fresh from the people we book to the themes that we bring and even ourselves you know we try to switch it up 
and trying new things. So I think that it's always that element of surprise within our show. I think another thing, another really big, or to reiterate what you're saying, uh, another big thing that connects us is uh, just to have confidence, A, and to also uh, be overly prepared. I think that's those are the things that it takes to be a hottie. Um, yeah. Yeah. Those are, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> but also, we have a very, very strong bond. And I think people love to see how we banter with each other uh, in person because online, it's it's a complete shit show. Yeah. <laughs> so it's always funny to see yeah. in person. It's not all like business. It's truly just like us working with our best friends and being unapologetically like queer and black mm-hmm. in a predominantly white space. Yes. <laughs> you know? And so, how did y'all meet? Um, oh, interesting question. Well, me and Chloe actually met uh, in the middle of one of her performances. Yeah. Her true unfriendly <laughs> black hottie was showing that day. She decided <laughs> to uh, drag me on stage in a performance. I did not know what I had no choreography plan or anything. Um, and she just like made me one of her partners, and we've been like best friends ever since, honestly. Yeah. Um, wow, where, where where was this? If if I can, where where was that show, um, Chloe? This was a crash landing. It's a like an amateur drag competition. Uh, it was crash landing at Berlin nightclub. Yeah. And um, then I met Toto. How did we meet Toto? Who knows? She just moved here from Miami like last year. She was coming like on a vibe. Yeah, so, she was like yeah. back and forth uh, through Miami. So we just met her through, you know, the party scene. She's like our biggest partier. She's the girl that like, you know, you're taking like seven shots with at the bar, doing the most with. Like, her titties are usually out somehow. Um, <laughs> and then um, Kenzie Poulet is actually my uh, drag sister. Um, and we met during a show called Bad Betty's also at Berlin and we've been friends for a really long time and so uh, once I think Toto decided to like move here we decided to you know use our powers together and form the baddest bitch group in Chicago you know uh, that's that's real now are you all are you all from Chicago originally or where do you guys individually you know like Chloe Bandy where do you all come from from Chicago, uh, so I originated here, but I did move from Indiana to here. But like my birth origin place is definitely Chicago. Um, I actually am an ori- I'm originally from Houston, Texas. Mm. I moved to Chicago in like 2012 for college, and just have never left. And when when did you all start, uh, you know, performing and getting into the world of drag? I think that for many different people, uh, their first time varies. You know, you have that that trial run, and then you have like the first official time. So what's your first um, My first initial time <laughs> was oh my god, it was it was like three 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 years ago, three years ago. I think in like August and no November, it was November, and that was the start of everything for me. Um, I started drag uh, about three years ago um, from, are you, wait, this is my story. I started drag three years ago. (laughs) (laughs) I started, I was almost concerned. It was like either the end of October or November. I remember that was my first day. So I was just telling you. (laughs) 
Right. It sounds that way. Now, now, but before before that, I mean, you're, um, you, I guess, what 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 drew you to drag? I mean, why? And 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 I have a bunch of questions about you know what you all were doing prior to that. But what was it about the form that that drew you to want to participate? Well, uh, for me, um, I. I'm obviously a drag race baby. Uh, I feel like most people who have started drag in the past like five years can safely say that we're all like drag race babies. Um, but I think what really made me like do it, do it was that I went to school for acting, and I feel like that's like that was like basically drag anyway. Drag is just like a fast version of like doing a play. So um, I think that's what really like taught me that I could do it, and I took a makeup class in. in uh, acting school and I was like I got this I was still ugly for a minute but like I got but with bloods <laughs> yeah. but with bloods <laughs> um, I would say for me uh, it was pretty easy I was like how can I be a stripper and get away with it uh, no I'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> but for me I definitely of course like many people it drag is not something you just like look at on an occupation sheet you do kind of fall into it but I think Piggybacking off of what Bambi said, um, Drag Race is what kind of started it all. Before then, I was just a little gay kid that thought there was going to be a veterinarian or something. Like, definitely aiming way too high for my academic skill set. And um, <laughs> I decided, I saw this and was like, you know what? I'm, I'm feeling like I'm going nowhere in life. And living in Indiana at this time, you can feel very much like you're in quicksand. Like, you're just trying to do a lot, but you're going nowhere. And... I said, okay, I'm going to give drag a try. And so I did it. And well, here I am. So I love it. You know, it, it definitely gives me a um, an outlet to be someone who I wish I could have been <laughs> in another life. But I mean, it lets me have fun. So I love it that way. And you mentioned Drag Race, which I watch and is uh, I'm currently watching this season. And uh, you know, my my girl has gone back and watched all the seasons, so I've I've been privy to a lot of that. But I, and I I also think about the history of, of drag and some drag spaces in Chicago that have been really important. And I remember even as a kid, you know, my mom would put me on to what was happening at the Baton when it was downtown. Um, and it's since uh, you know, and this is you know, this is in you know, this must be like in the '80s, I think. Um, yeah. And, and 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 I'm wondering about other places that you have either been or been a part of your story or been important to the community. I remember, and I don't know if it's still happening, but there's, of course, you know, I've been to spots like Hamburger Mary's, but uh, there's a spot in Wrigleyville that that had uh, the Kit Kat Lounge, I think, that was doing some shows. Um, but what, where are some of the venues that have been important in y'all stories? Some of the spaces. Uh, that you've gravitated toward or been a part of. You mentioned Berlin um, as, a, as, a, as a club, of course. Uh, but what are some of those venues? Well, Berlin is definitely a part of uh, a lot of our family's origin story. Um, we also, me and Chloe specifically, outside of, uh, of our friendly Black Hotties, we work with the Queer Pride, which is started from Stardust, which was a 10-year running uh party organization that worked at Berlin and that's they basically like gave us a really big leg up on our like business skills and like teaching us how like Chicago works so Berlin is definitely um, a huge part of 
where we like come from. Unfortunately, they had to uh, part ways with Berlin, so so did we. So we've moved places like Scarlet, uh, Chloe is a Chloe is a, a Scarlet girl. weekly host at Scarlet. I do a bi-weekly show at uh, Beauty Bar with Fabitat. We both work at Splash. We both mm-hmm. have um, worked at Roscoe's. Like these are all places on the strip that aren't necessarily as legendary as um, the Kit Kat or uh, Baton because those are a lot of where our legendary queens work now. Um, but more so like new environments that are creating uh, more of your current legendary iconic uh, drag content and performances. Yeah, I always, I mean, and I, I love, you know, the, the shows at Baton and, and the Kit Kat Lounge, but I always felt that they were like, a, like, uh, for lack of a better term, almost above ground. And I always imagined there being, an, uh, you know, again, for lack of a better term, more of like an underground scene that I had really no way of knowing about. And so that's that's true, more or less. There is kind of like a underground, vibrant, youthful scene popping, I would imagine. Uh, I wouldn't even say that it's necessarily underground. I think Drag Race has made everything very yeah. uh, mainstream and everyone's trying to get their, like, cut of what that is these days. So a lot of things, a lot of people aren't, like, trying to be underground or, like, really, like, high drag anymore or, like, high who they are. It's a very more open experience. I think there are a lot of events because uh, it's less about the, the space and more about who's throwing the, uh, the event in the space that really makes it like a drag thing and so I think that um, it's more about who is throwing these events that you need to know about to know uh, what is more underground and whatnot you know yeah and, and how would you all classify how do you think about the Chicago community uh, for drag right now um, you know what, what is it like what is it is it a, is it a growing scene? because of Drag Race? Is it a growing scene because of all this grassroots work and shows that are occurring? What's what's the vibe in your experience? I think that um, the community has always been growing. I think now, especially with Drag Race being as mainstream as it is and just the world itself progressing forward, there's more people getting into it. There's more people doing their research. There's, you know, definitely an outbreak (laughs) of people that are like I like drag I want to do it I'm ready to do it I have no reason to hide anymore or I finally have something to channel my uh, creative energy into and so it's always growing every day there's a new queen on the scene there's a new show and uh, there's a new baby queen as I say being uh, being born every day in that room and so uh, I think because drag in Chicago is so different I think that a lot of people are just coming together just through the simple common, um, what's the word? Common, I, I feel like drag in Chicago uh, is only as vibrant as like every other like art form in Chicago. So I think since Chicago is such a great place for art altogether that obviously drag is going to grow and survive and, and adapt in that way as well. Um, I think that Chicago has been one of the best cities to adapt to this type of like RuPaul-esque world where mm-hmm. drag is mainstream. I think that if you want to be a successful queen, this is one of the best places to start. Um, 
it's very hard to break into because uh, Chicago is also a really big sisterhood and we look out for our hours and, uh, you know, we look out for each other uh, no matter who or how we feel about each other. If you're from Chicago, you're a sister. And if if somebody's coming from the outside, uh, it will take you a minute to, like, get into the group and make sure that you are, like, a trustworthy person. So I would say that it's the best place to start drag because uh, you... Get you soak up all that intent uh, that you soak up all that uh, knowledge from every queen that's came before you, and it's like you don't really get uh, queens in other scenes that like are willing to give the way they are in Chicago. Yeah, um, everyone. It, it takes a village to raise a child, and that's kind of how we treat every baby True. queen here too. Same. And so. like every queen is so different, you learn something new almost every day, and. That's what I love about it is that you go to a different club and you see different drag. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. it's like, oh my God, you know, and you have everything in one strip sometimes. So it's just like, it's a lot and we all get along for the most part. It's amazing. That's that's really dope. That's beautiful. Is is there something that that um, that indicates or, or that is indicative of a Chicago style in, in the scene? Is there something that re- if you see somebody, you're like, oh shit, they came up in Chicago because you know the way they they rock a particular fit or you know the way they you know move or, or what have you know i i just think of like i you know like in other scenes you know like in painting i could think of you know there's a kind of realism that exists and i'm like oh shit that's probably a chicago painter or whatever um yeah. poet but yeah i mean like is there something that marks a chicago style in in the scene I don't think that there is something that marks Chicago style because I think our style is that everyone is an individual. Like in, for instance, in Houston, the way that they kind of do drag is like, well, this is how you do drag. Everybody has a French bodysuit. They do a little buck one, two to a Beyonce song. And that's how you do drag because that's like kind of like how you entertain and how pageant queens uh uh, want to run their shows and things like that in Chicago people are allowed to have any kind of uh, we challenge you to have individuality I guess uh, because it's really hard to make it here and there are so many performers that like uh, I feel like the energy is like okay so what makes you different why would we want to book you what what can you offer to the group that's different that someone else isn't offering already because there are already like 10 girls over here who can dance so Um, so I feel like we don't really have like a necessarily a style I think the thing that separates Chicago Queens from uh, other regions though is that we all have huge mouths Um, we're a very opinionated scene (laughs) like you can tell a Chicago Queen on the internet very easily because we're the first ones to call bullshit very bad that's not, that's that kind of sounds like some Chicago shit, really. You know that we don't. <laughs> yeah, very unapologetic. <laughs> so you, you look, in order to do drag, right? You, you let, like you mentioned dance, and you know you, you said uh, you know you went to theater school and and took a makeup class. You, you need to have a lot of you need to have a big tool belt of skills in order to be fly like y'all are fly. How, 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 I mean, what is that training involved and, and just what are the things that you all have done to prepare yourself for this life? I, I guess like, you know, I, I've seen, you know, I, I don't know if y'all, you know, so design your own fits, uh, but there, there, there just seems to be so many things that you need to be great at in order to, you know, to do drag. True. 
I agree, but also I feel like the beauty of drag is that there is no school for it. You can be as classically trained as you want to be, but, you know, still suck. <laughs> you know, like, let's be honest. Or you can come from nowhere and nothing. You have nothing. Like, me, I didn't go to any dance classes, nothing. I don't have the same uh, background that Bambi does, but I've just naturally taught myself, and it's worked for me learning that way, uh, whereas some people, they do learn things, and that makes them better. I think the thing about Chicago in general is that we accept you for being different. It's just that if you're going to be different, back it up, you know, and be the best at it, you know, so there's no one skill set to it. Yeah, that's the thing is that it's not about necessarily having a skill set to be good at drag. It's about being an artist uh, from the heart because yeah. you can you can work through any other medium and still be a drag queen. Like if you're a graphic designer, that could help you with drag. Or if you're uh, uh, someone who's a seamstress, obviously that's going to help you with drag. But like being, going back to being a graphic design, eh, sorry, going back to being a graphic designer, even like. Uh, having those skills can teach you tricks and tricks of the trade to like learn how to paint and like shapes and things like that. And so you are better at putting together outfits and working with colors because you like have this other skill that pertains to drag. Everything uh, relates to drag because drag is just like a uh, uh, heightened version of reality. So any kind of art that you produce in your lifetime basically is helping you with your drag. Yeah. And so I, I imagine then before y'all came to drag, um, were you artists pursuing art prior? I mean, you mentioned theater school, but uh, did, yeah, yeah, that. that. Um, I was uh, I was an actor for I want to say like eleven years before drag. I studied um, musical theater in high school a lot, uh, dance classes every three days a week, uh, ja uh, tap, jazz, and uh, ballet, and then I would have vocal lessons like three or four times a week, also having like two different like rehearsals, and then I switched over to college, which was a conservatory, and I did the same thing, so like I'm pretty well versed in taking criticism. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, for me. Yeah, close. <laughs> uh, for me, I was just, you know, a little gay kid working at um, Forever 21, you know, not much to say there. Um, yeah, pretty simple. <laughs> and that was your training? Just did, did that it? was my training, learning how to fold a shirt. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> learning how to talk to people. Okay, yeah. yeah, like, I would say being in the real world, just talking to people, that, that was basically my training because I didn't have that same background, so I just literally jumped into drag with like no type of instruction manual at all, so I just went for it, and I only focused on the performance aspect, but thanks to, you know, Bambi and Toto and everyone at A Queer Pride for teaching me business skills and um, promotional skills and so on and so forth, I kind of learned it as I went along. It wasn't even about like us teaching Chloe anything. Chloe actually uh, has one of the strongest visions. Uh, I like one of the strongest visual artists I know today. She really knows uh, what excites people and what um, 
what people really look for in performers and she executes it every time she is a phenomenal dancer whether she is like training or not and she also is a perfectionist at what she does and doesn't release anything under quality so thank you like i learned that from mcb well, you, you you all mentioned some of the spaces that that kind of brought you together and, and, and brought you out. Um, I'm wondering, you know, you, you'd also mentioned some of the, some of the queens in the scene. I'm wondering who who are some of the folks who have, you know, made an impact in in your life. Who have I don't, I don't know if mentor is the right word. Maybe it is, but I know that the the, the sense of community is real. That camaraderie is real. But who are some of the elders, I guess, who have put y'all on? Um, the, I mean, the list goes on. Obviously, I have to talk about my drag mother, who keeps me in line, keeps me in check, mm-hmm. keeps me working harder. <laughs> um, and, but alongside her, we've had, I've had, like, aunts, like, leading me the way while she wasn't around because she had to, like, tour and stuff like that. So I've had people like Lucy Stuhl teach me a lot of stuff. Uh, the Vixen teach me a lot of stuff. Um, even people like Tranica, Tenderoni, like Cat Sass, all of these people who are basically like headlining and like spearheading uh, Chicago drag these days. Um, all of them have taught me at least one or two things that I, I, I still use today because, you know, there's no use in like keeping that information for yourself. Like, if I look good, we all look good, you know? Okay. So, <laughs> who do you think? I I totally agree with that list. Like, you took all the good ones. I think a person to me that is near and dear to my heart, she's actually my drag mother as well. Uh, her name is Ami G. And she, when I first met her, it was after my first competition had ended. And she just ever since then had took me under her wing and taught me business skills. She's taught me how to enhance my social skills and how to just almost do almost everything that I have that I already know, but enhanced it and helped me perfect it. Yeah. So a lot of how I am today, I owe to her. And because she's been working with Stardust and A Queer Pride. She is like the head, she's the head, uh, spearheader of A Queer Pride, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she taught me a lot uh, as well. She's one of my best friends. And honestly, like, probably one of the most underrated people in Chicago. She doesn't get like the praise that she deserves because she like is such a huge part of what is produced here and what people see as Chicago. Um, and what people the reason that people even want to work here. Mm-hmm. Like half of the reason. You yeah. know what I mean? That's real thank so, you thank you for shouting those folks out too. I, I I like to give give props where they're due, you know. Um you know some so I, I sometimes I think of of uh I think of uh you know Folks who do drag and graffiti writers in a and I love graffiti writers and I love I love folks who do drag in a similar uh, context. Like to me, y'all are both superheroes because you know you you kind of have a regular way of of presenting and then you have this kind of fantastic way of presenting um, or of representing. And I, like I want like so I guess I have questions. Does like in your you know non drag life? Do you, like first, do y'all have like regular ass gigs, or do you just make a living at, in drag and in art? And, and we both make a living in drag, actually. Okay, okay. Where um, before that happened, did did folks around you know your 
like superhero life. That's how, that's how I imagine it. You know what I mean? Um, definitely. I mean, I get what you're saying. I don't think so. I mean, I think a lot of our friends obviously knew that that we were like doing drag at night and then like uh, working by day when we had those like day jobs. But um, by the time that people like recognize you out of drag when you're like going out. Um, I think that's the time where you realize it's time to go, like, professional. Because it means that, that, like, everyone has seen your face. Like, you've been seen too much. You know what I mean? (laughs) So, um, I definitely think that a lot of our friends, like, knew that we were doing both and, like, supported both. Yeah. From the get-go, I think. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, my family knew and my friends knew. It's always yeah. been supported from day one, so... Yeah, I told my mom I could make money by it, and she was like, oh, okay, do it. <laughs> <laughs> and so so in this in this new world and in this kind of, you know, this this economy now, like, how, how are you all maintaining? How are, you, how are you all doing? How are you all getting by? Um, great question. Um, we still trying to figure it out? Yeah. yeah. I mean, right now, everything is just so uncertain. Uh, we don't know exactly what the future entails. We're just trying to uh, be take sh- it day by day. Yeah, take it day by day and be sure that we are still trying to like reach out to our audience and keep our presence relevant and things like that and keep, keep uh, our characters alive and on people's minds and uh, trying to, like, you know, make people happy and entertain them while they're sitting at their house all day. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, right now, everything that we work for is uh, from the kindness of people's hearts. Like, we are being tipped uh, based off our internet performances. Um, there's no, like, guaranteed, like, booking fees or anything like that. So it's truly just you and your connection with your audience. Right. Okay. So, so I want to, I want to, uh, th- I think this is going to end up probably airing, you know, like next Tuesday. And so I want to give people the opportunity to not only check out what y'all are doing, but also support what you're doing. So can you tell us just w- what is, what is upcoming and what are the ways people can, uh, be in tune and, and also support, you know, what, what, what y'all are doing? Well, um, on the 15th, uh, of April, which is I think the Wednesday tomorrow, from the day this airs, um, we will be working. We will be working on something called uh, Black Girl Magic, which will be a Twitch show. It's twenty five uh, Black Queens, uh, produced by the Vixen. Um, uh, it will be all the hotties plus uh, RuPaul's Drag Race alum like. Moni Cart, Aja, Shea um, and many more uh, Chicago performers and uh, just American performers. I think we have UK performers as well. Mm-hmm. Um, also, if you want to reach me in any way, you can follow me at uh, Bambi.Banks on Instagram and at It's Bambi Banks on Twitter. Um, we are... We will be releasing information about Unfriendly Black Hotties uh, digital show soon, so be sure to follow us and be on the lookout for that. Chloe? Yes, well, um, my social media is underscore Chloe Park, and that's Chloe with a K, like Kardashian. 
Yeah. And then <laughs> I am doing a party every Thursday on my live with my DJ, DJ Kirk, every Thursday. Uh, it's a spinoff of my night party at Scarlet Bar that was every Thursday. So it gives the same vibe. We're just in there playing great music, being silly, doing what we used to do in the club. We're doing it all live from the comfort of your own home. And uh, yeah, I have this cool series uh, that is with Queer Pride uh, every every day, I think from Monday to Thursday. Uh, there's a new uh, interview with a celebrity and local Chicago drag talent. And tonight, actually, well, by the time it says it won't be, <laughs> but it'll be Bambi Banks and uh, Boomer Banks, and we have so many other great people coming up, like Sophie, the Clock Destroyer, uh, during a lecture, Kahlo, Meatball, like, it's it's so much fun. It's a great entertainment for you at home. So, yeah, and that's on the A Queer Pride Instagram page. Well, y'all, uh, you know, first of all, thank you so much. I, I'm not surprised that the unfriendly black hotties are actually incredibly friendly. So, uh, you know, Bambi Banks and Chloe Park, thank you so much for the work that you do, the work that you do for the city and for the community. Uh, I'm excited to to begin to check out some of y'all's shows. And uh, thank you so much for being in the corner store. Thank you so much for having us. Of course. Stay well and stay safe, too. Shout out our super producer, DJ Cashera. Big up boss man, Todd Manley. Thank you to our official corner store photog, Mercedes Zapata. Salutes to the snack door, Max. Also, please, y'all, follow our Instagram. It's corner underscore pod on IG, on Twitter. Tell us who you want to see in the corner store. And also, please consider dropping a couple of dollars into our Patreon account. It's patreon.com corner store underscore pod. The corner store is brought to you by Stolen Spirits.